Opening up the Peacock and Williamson mailbag ahead of week 11, a QB-centric mailbag episode. You, you can't evaluate a draft class until three years. Well, we're midway through year three. What about Tua versus Herbert now? Things look a lot different than they did 12 months ago talking about those quarterbacks. Uh, what about reclamation quarterbacks? Is it a good or bad idea to go get that former first-round pick at quarterback and Justin Fields is he really having a true breakout or not all that and more coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office with elite breakdowns next level analysis and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans this is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. That's where most of the questions are going to come from on today's episode. Hit us on Twitter any old week to get involved in one of our mailbags or drop a comment on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed up. Hit the thumbs up, the bell notification, <laughs> and all of those things. Uh, we appreciate you here making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Where we start, Matt, in the mailbag, and there's a ton of questions about quarterbacks. And you think it's hard to uh, to draft and develop quarterbacks in the NFL? It's pretty amazing. You think you have one thing going, and it turns out you don't halfway through a season. You think you have one thing going, and it turns out the next full season you don't have what you thought you had. And a lot of teams trying to figure out the quarterback position, which is pretty much par for the course. Uh, I want to start with this one. It's a, it's a good question from our friend JDS, who's a frequent tweeter into the program. Year three now, Tua versus Herbert after three years. What do we think? And we can even throw Joe Burrow in on this as well, yeah. the number one overall pick in that draft. And um, it, I do want to say, obviously, Tua is, is the big – Herbert, there's enough excuses, I would say, built in. Not that he's mm -hmm. playing bad or anything like that, but the injury, what's going on with all of his weapons. It's really hard to say anything bad about what Justin Herbert is doing right now. Really, the story is all about – the advancement that Tua has made with a new coaching staff, more weapons on offense there for the Miami Dolphins because he looks like a completely different player. Uh, un unbelievable. And uh, who's having the best year of the three? It goes Tua, Burrow, Herbert. Uh, who would I rather have? I'd go Herbert, Burrow, Tua. <laughs> I'd go the opposite. Yeah. I mean, I'm still that high on Herbert that if we're picking up, you know, uh, you know, we're having a draft of every football player on the planet. My first pick is probably Mahomes. My second pick is Allen. And I think Herbert's my third pick. I mean, yeah. I, I really am there with him. His talent is unbelievable. I have no more negative thoughts about him now than I did before the season started. And Burrow, I want to focus more on Tua, but Burrow had a really rough week one and early in the, in the season, there was some things going wrong with them. But remember he's coming off an emergency appendectomy. His offensive line was totally rebuilt. They had a lot of tells on the offense. They were very predictable run pass, but he has carried that team the last six weeks or so. And he's been phenomenal. He's like fifth in EPA in the league right now, quietly having a stud season. Um, I want to hold on. I want to yeah, stop go go, go. talking about uh, Joe Burrow because our colleague, James Erpine, who's one of the co-hosts of Locked on Bengals, does a great job there. Mm -hmm. He posted a graph 
taking away weeks one and two of EPA offense and defense. And the Cincinnati Bengals after week two are the best team in the NFL when you put together both offense and defensive EPA. So they had a really rough start to the season. We're really starting to see them turn around. Now, look, you could do that with a lot of teams. I've seen a lot of that this week with the 49ers talking about, okay, if you took away Jimmy's first start and when he hadn't played since surgery is, you know, hadn't played since January, that was really bad in week whatever it was three against the Broncos. And then you take away the monsoon game in week one. And then the 49ers have the best DVOA offense. And so if you take any team's worst two games away, you can make them look a lot better, better. but yeah. we don't get to do that. Cause you have to have all the games, but I think you can start to see, okay, which teams do you think it's the real thing we're seeing now at this point, halfway through the season. And I think the Bengals is probably one of the teams that, that maybe you could look at and say, as teams probably a lot better than maybe what their overall record looked like through the first half of the season. It's it's funny because this is just a total coincidence. The Bengals are coming to Pittsburgh this week, so I have dug into them unbelievably amount. And coincidentally, their week one game was against Steelers. So I dug into them all offseason, you know, and I that those numbers don't shock me with all the research I've done because I think the Bengals made a grave error coming into the season. They didn't play any of their offensive players except the left guard position, which was a Volson. You know that they were trying to uh, figure out who that fourth or fifth starter was going to be the entire preseason. I mentioned Burrow's appendectomy, and the Steelers blew their doors off in like the first half of the game because those guys hadn't played since last year, basically, and that carried over a little bit to week two, and then they started hitting their stride, and now they're blowing teams out, and Burrow's playing awesome. So that all adds up. Some of those things, like you said, oh, take away their – boy, my Steelers would look really good if they didn't get killed by the Eagles and Bills. Well, <laughs> they got killed by the Eagles and Bills, you know, so right. I'm with you there. Um, back to Tua. My criticisms of him were, I really worry about your durability. You know, going back to Bama, and he's not the biggest guy. He takes hits. That's still – we saw the ugly things that have happened. That still is, in my mind, a great deal, but people get hurt, you know. Um the my criticism then were I said this a hundred times like I like his makeup I don't think he's that talented though but I missed some things he's not Josh Allen he's not the biggest strongest throw it through a wall guy but there's more to playing quarterback than big strong fast you know I mean he's his talents are processing ball handling which doesn't seem like a big thing but it's a tremendous asset I mean he Mm -hmm. manipulates defenses like a point guard um, decision-making, quick thoughts, Drew Brees-like precision. And yeah. he's the best deep ball thrower in the league right now. And that's just not because he has Tyree Kill and Waddle. It definitely helps that he has those two players. Sure, sure. Uh, but that he's and Tyree Kill is pretty accurate when he says that Tua is the most accurate quarterback in the league. That's what he's been. Yeah, so getting yeah. the ball out quick, getting the ball on time, getting the ball in the right place. Yeah, a very point guard-like. So huge stock up for... Tua and the Dolphins are another team too. You say, okay, we'll take out that weird part in the middle of the season with the Tua concussion. And where are the Dolphins when you look at the last oh. few weeks and then the first few weeks, right? Like They're best team in the league. Dolphins. Right. So, um, good point. Yeah. Take every team's worst two games out and they start to look and they look good. Actually, it's probably a good way to do it if you take their two best games, two worst games out. That is what exactly these teams are. I mean, I think there is some validity to that. Like, that's how I look at the combine. I take the, the top 10 or 15%, the worst 15%, you know, and the middle stuff's all kind of the same, you know. But I think that is a good way to look at the seasons because there's some day you're sick or you're overseas or played in monsoon or, you know, whatever. Um, 
I, I, I don't have this list off the top of my head, but I mentioned if we're having a draft, I'd go Mahomes, Allen, Herbert. Burrow might be four. Yeah, yeah. Tua might be seven. <laughs> you know I mean? So, Tua, Tua yeah. went from, would you draft him to be a franchise quarterback to a potential top 10 pick in that sort of a draft? Right. Like, yeah. I know I'm a homer, but I was asked after the preseason, would you trade Kenny Pickett for Tua? I'm like, mm, I don't think. I'll take the unknown. I think I know what two is. I would trade Kenny Pickett for two. Yeah. (laughs) Probably what you're hoping because Kenny Pickett isn't, you know, high level. There's some similarities there. Yeah. That's what he looks Mm -hmm. like next year, basically. Right. And again, I'm not kicking any dirt at two. I believe he's done is tremendous. I do believe Tua might be in the best offensive system in the league. I'm almost certain Pickett's in the worst. (laughs) actually this is perfect because speaking of offensive systems uh it was a fantastic quote post game about the 49ers defense it was fred warner linebacker fred warner from the 49ers was asked how come justin herbert went down the field with ease on the first drive of the game and then they never scored another touchdown the rest of the game and shut out the chargers in the second half and Fred Warner's answer was hilarious because it basically really threw shade at Joe Lombardi, the offensive coordinator for the Chargers, who's already getting a lot of heat. That whole coaching staff's getting a lot of heat for the Chargers, even though they still have a pretty good record. Um, and to paraphrase Fred Warner's answer to that question, he said, basically, we found what works and we ran the same thing over and over again. And they didn't score. <laughs> so, that you know, that doesn't look good when you have a superstar quarterback like Justin Herbert and the offensive coordinator is not doing anything to change it up and they can run the same defense out there and just blank you in the second half. So there is something to that. When you consider the coaching staff, you consider um, not having your starting receivers out there for Justin Herbert. And then he had the broken ribs to begin the season. Uh, that's uh, that's pretty tough for him. So I wouldn't stock down on Justin Herbert at all right now. So, On November 3rd, I sent a private message to somebody in the media that is a phenomenal tapehead, you know, a real grinder that has done it, you know, been in the buildings, those type of things. And my question was, is is the Steelers offense schematically 32nd in the league? Is it worse than the Chargers or the only two teams I mentioned? And his response were, Chargers are right at the bottom of the league, but the Steelers are certainly 32nd just very basic types of way to play football that can't hold up over time in the NFL. Uh, you know, I mean, this stuff matters. Miami's the, oh, the total opposite. They're probably number one. Yeah. And it shows. Absolutely. It shows. Right. And it's a reminder. Quarterback development is not a linear path either. Speaking of that, Justin Fields, uh, are we overrating the running? Is there still too much work? with him as a passer to be getting all the love and credit that he's gotten over the last month of the season. And what about Sean Payton brought him up yesterday. We got a question about what would that compensation look like and what teams would now even want to go out and spend what it would take to bring in a star coach like Sean Payton in 2023, that and more coming up on this mailbag episode of Peacock and Williamson. Today's episode brought to you in part by Turo, the world's largest car sharing marketplace with Turo. You can book any car you want wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Think of Airbnb for cars, right? And it's super easy. And even some hosts can deliver a car to you. What kind of car could you get with Turo? Well, 
I'll tell you, uh, you can browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the United States, the UK, Canada, and coming soon to Australia. And I know this show is global. So some of you uh, listeners overseas, yeah, it's for you too. In in UK and Australia, you could book a spacious SUV or minivan. You're trying to go on a family road trip. Uh, you could get a classic or luxury car for that special event. Matt Williams Williamson wants to show up for uh, you know a huge birthday party, so he goes and, <laughs> and finds a, a Lamborghini in the Pittsburgh area, and uh, you can find that if a local host has that car available for you, or you you know you need an economical vehicle. You're trying to get from point A to point B, and you need to ride somewhere. You need to go pick up some groceries, and you're down a car. Uh, you can find that as well from local hosts at Tarot. Test drive a new electric vehicle, whatever it is that you need a car for, you can do it. Terms and conditions do apply. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Forget the boring rental cars and find your next drive at Tarot. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Justin Fields, Matt. Question about Justin Fields and whether or not he is getting too much credit, not enough credit. Shano says, am I the only person who feels the NFL national media and networks are coddling Justin Fields and his horrible quarterback play? Yes, he can run. I get it. Is that enough for you? Are, are we overrating now? the last month or so of play from Justin Fields. And I uh, happen to know Shano is a 49ers fan, and he's hmm. uh, asked me questions before, and I've interacted with Locked On 49ers podcast. So this might be a little bit of him coming from the angle of, okay, let's not crown him the best quarterback from the 2021 draft yet. I, I think that might be the angle of where this question is coming from, from a guy who might might or might not own a number five Trey Lance jersey. <laughs> <laughs> and there are some similarities between them stylistically and how Lance is going to evolve as well. Are we overrating fields because of his running? Yes, I think so. Um, I urge people today's locked on dynasty. We talked about three or four players fields being the headline for fantasy. We're underrating him. I mean, he's a total superstar for dynasty. He's like our fifth ranked quarterback. I mean, yeah. so he's basically Lamar Jackson, like first year yeah. Lamar Jackson right now. Right, right. I mean, he's going to rush for a thousand yards. I mean, better than rookie year hurts. I mean, guys like that. And I think it's a tremendous crutch. It's a tremendous aid to while he develops as a pocket passer. Um, I think he's a much better thrower of the football than some give him credit for, or maybe that he showed at this level. I think he's a much better passer coming out of school than hurts Lamar Allen, you know, by far, to be honest with you. Um, but I think his refinement in the passing game needs tons and tons of work. You know, he's gotten better at not taking sacks, running the plays as called. And I think him and Luke Getze are evolving together. You know, I mean, that that's a tough gig when you think about the first month of the season. You know, we're talking about throwing away you know, your worst two games or whatever. But if you throw away the first month when it's a second-year quarterback with a new coaching staff, a first-time offensive coordinator, an unbelievably young offense with no talent, well, it's not going to go well. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? I, I think when you look at the circumstances, and that's where you get excited because he's single-handedly making them competitive right now. Mm -hmm. And when you look at what a young Lamar Jackson or Jer Jalen Hurts were doing, and, and he's at the high end of rushing production, 
right. from a quarterback, but he has, I think, more arm talent than even Lamar Jackson had. I agree. Better downfield thrower, and you see those plays. The easy part is the last part he has to figure out. I say easy as far as the physical throws go, but the mental part is the is the is the difficult part, right? He's still got to be able to hit his back foot, get the ball out on time. But if nobody's open, how can you get the ball out on time with anticipation? Because you, if I'm Justin Fields, I can't anticipate that Equinemius St. Brown is going to get open. You know what I mean? Oh, right, so right. It's been a t- really tough. He's been put in the the, the most difficult spot with mm-hmm. what we've seen so many young quarterbacks get ruined by is a new offensive coordinator every single year. So it looks like this coaching staff is going to stick and uh, they're doing what they have to do to win now. And it is a tremendous crush for him. And there is a ton he has to do with the arm. But if you love Lamar Jackson, then I don't see why you would have a problem with Justin Fields Mm -hmm. because he has the ability to be when he adds the rest of it, which I would assume would get better because he has a high level arm and deep ball accuracy. Can he start eating the ball underneath as he gets a better team around him and has a better offensive line and, you know, stop, you know, not create as many sacks for himself playing hero ball all the time. And he might be learning some bad habits with that too, just because everything's on him right now. Right. But seeing that coming together, that's why you get excited. And if I had to bet on one, I would absolutely take Justin Fields of all those 2021 quarterbacks, just because I've seen at least some high level play from him. But he does. it is fair to say he has a ton of work to do as a passer as well. But people are still saying that about Lamar Jackson in year five or whatever year we are. with Right. Him. Right. I mean, quarterback evaluations have changed dramatically in the last 10 years and athleticism is king and it goes a very, very long way. So I'm not even you know ripping on fields. He's just developing um, my, my co-host, Ryan McDowell asked, you know, so do we know now that Fields will be the, the the Bears starter in, you know, two or three years from now? And I said, no. I, I mean, he could still fail. You know, I mean, like he's not out of the woods. Um, I know he's the starter next year. And three months ago, I didn't know his, he'd be the starter next year. You know, I mean, he's, at this point in Josh Allen's career, we're like, this guy sucks. You know, that exactly. Was, exactly. That was, it's like, it's not, it's not good. It's kind of starting to get a little better end of second year. And then year three is like, okay, now he's arrived. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of time we're seeing year three with Tua. Tua was in, uh, absolutely. Tua is less talented than Justin Fields physically, both with arm talent and athleticism. Sure. And you saw with what, you know, coaching was weird and, and, and the weapons around him, offensive line was bad. And you fixed some of those things and you see how different that can look going into year three, year three is huge for a, a lot of players, especially quarterbacks. Yeah. And it'll be a second year in the system and there'll be all kinds of cap money spent around them yes, and another yes. early pick and maybe a, another receiver. And so I think it's very, very favorable but if the question was worded, are we overreacting based on his running? And I think the answer is yes. Yeah, I, I can buy that. It's a great, and actually, here's a, a perfect question to go along with it because of okay. development. And uh, Michael asked the question: Are reclamation project quarterbacks viable in today's NFL? Over the last couple of years, former first round quarterbacks have struggled with their new teams like Sam Darnold, Mitch Trubisky, Baker Mayfield, Jameis Winston. Sure. Do you think teams should avoid these former high draft picks and just focus on the draft for looking for a quarterback? I don't know. It, I say, it's it's a really interesting conversation. You were about to say something. I, I just want to throw in. So he named some quarterbacks that haven't made good. I would say the big difference is even veteran NFL quarterbacks need some time to develop. So uh, Geno Smith. Geno Smith's 30 years That's old. That's the name I was about to say. Yeah. And it, it and he was an early, year. early second rounder, by the right, way. Right. Early yeah, second right, rounder. Right. He, was a top he went 39th. Yeah. A lot of people thought he was going to be a first round pick in the draft. He kind of slid a little bit. And 
it benefited him greatly to be in one system, even as a backup. And you kind of forget about him. And then all of a sudden he shows up and is like, oh, guess what? Talented quarterback figured some things out and he could play a little bit. Sam Darnold, if he had a chance to be on one team for three years, would probably look a lot better than just sure. asking to be, hey, former first round pick, jump into this new team with one off season's work and be great now. And, and we saw that with Mayfield. Trubisky asked to do something right away again with a new team. Let him sit and learn and develop like we've seen with all, a young quarterback as well. It just takes time. Like jumping in uh, and being expected to be great right away is, is not the way to develop a quarterback, even a, a guy that's been around a little bit. And some of these guys just might not be as good, too. Right, right. You, know, like, you, know, you were wrong about in the draft process. So I'm looking at drafthistory.com right now with all the quarterbacks taken ever. And I went back as far as Geno because you, you beat me to the punch on Geno. I was going to mention him right away. And he was an early second. Um E.J. Manuel was the only one picked in the first round that year. Now, that doesn't mean we should call E.J. Manuel up and save him his career. Or the, the year after that, Blake Bortles, Johnny Manziel. Like, those ships have sailed. You know, those, those are done. Or Paxton Lynch in 2016. These guys right. have had enough cracks at the apple. But that and year... And probably uh, developed poorly to begin with. And maybe wouldn't have developed anywhere. Or, right. you know, and had bad habits. Like... I think Mariota now, as the second pick in the draft, has written his story. I don't know that Winston's is totally written. Is Wentz and Goff totally written? I lean towards yes, and that's not a positive. I think Trubisky's story's written. I think the interesting year, though, is 2018. Like, Josh Rosen, you're done. Darnold and Mayfield, are they worth trying to save? Uh, I have mixed feelings on that one. And then the other reclamation project I did want to bring up was 2019. Daniel Jones has been better this year. I, I mean, is he ever going to be a top 10 guy? Is he going to make a two a jump? No. And he also has some of that field's leg things going for him as well. But he has taken time. He's had a lot of different systems. This has been his best year. I think that's admirable. Yep, absolutely. So it's hard. It's hard it's to hard. develop quarterback even a veteran quarterback needs some time. And when you have time and some stuff around you, uh, it makes a, a heck of a lot easier, no matter what level you are as a quarterback. Oh, last name Next. I wanted to mention, because oh, yes. we know nothing about him. What about Jordan Love? You know, like, would you put anything right. into Jordan Love right now? Maybe. After, I mean, after Aaron Rodgers' last really bad performance a couple of weeks ago, people were thinking, well, how much worse could Jordan Love be playing right now? And there was a little bit of a groundswell to see some of Jordan Love. And we have still no idea what that's going to look like. But he's been in one system with one team. Mm -hmm. You think that that would help him if at some point he was forced to play. Right. But I mean, if I loved him coming out of school, which I didn't, maybe I'd give the Packers a third-round pick for him this offseason. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. maybe. If Yeah. Next, let's talk Sean Payton. What would it take to get him? What teams might be able to use his services? And we'll finish up this mailbag edition of Peacock and Williamson. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, right? If you are hiring, that's what you're looking for. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Super simple. You can... Make your job posting with the screen questions you need. Make it easy to focus on just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire because with LinkedIn Jobs, 
LinkedIn has a network of over 800 million users. So you could cast that net as wide or as narrow as you want. All you do is you add your job to your purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn business profile to spread the word that you're hiring. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. BetOnline.net, your number one source for sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis this season. Whenever we reference lines, we are referencing the lines from BetOnline. And you can bet on not only NFL football, but college football, basketball, soccer, esports. Got it all at BetOnline.net. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those as well at BetOnline. You want to be informed before you make those bets at bet online the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix and looking at those bet online uh super bowl props the top three really unchanged kind of just jockeying for position there between the bills the chiefs and the eagles but the 49ers are actually jumped up to fourth then it's the baltimore ravens fifth for the best odds to uh, win the next Super Bowl. You can get involved if you think your team uh, is maybe being slept on there for those Super Bowl odds. No matter what it is, weekly odds, you can find it at Bet Online, where the game starts. Sean Payton, Matt, is there mm-hmm. a, a landing spot that you really like for Sean Payton? And what would the actual cost be for a team? There's a question from, yeah, it uh, looks like Checker32 on Twitter. It, it basically said, who should the interesting interested teams be? What would be a good fit, and what would the cost be? You know other sports better than I do, basketball, baseball, and I know you're not a hockey guy. I'm a hockey guy. But I, I think head coach in football is more valuable than the other sports. Do you agree with me as opposed to a manager? Okay, okay. So I think he has immense value. Um, I'm sitting here looking at the draft order if it were to happen today. And the names of teams I came up with were Houston, Carolina, Denver, Arizona, Washington. Like, I think all five of those teams add Sean Payton. It's a game changer. I mean, you're in it. Now, would he want to work with Kyler Murray or Russell Wilson? Who knows? But, I mean, I'm just talking about teams that should covet Payton. And I can't say enough good things about him. I will tell you as a fact that some of the best offensive minds in the league Every offseason, the first thing they did was go study Saints offensive tape because he's a brilliant, brilliant schemer. Um, However, if I'm Houston picking one, Carolina picking three, I can't give you that pick. I'm sorry. I can't give up the franchise rookie quarterback for him. Anything else we can talk. I mean, yeah, I'll give you that, that early second. And maybe a future first. I mean, like, I don't think that's insane. Or next year's Texans first. But I can't give you a lottery pick, basically, that's going to be my next quarterback. Right, yep. And the Saints still own the rights to Sean Payton because he retired Mm -hmm. but was still under contract, which is why you would have to talk to the Saints about hiring Sean Payton. Um, And it does really feel like Sean Payton. How long does that last, by the way? Uh, That's a great question. (laughs) Like 10 years from now, does that still apply? 
And can they just hold? Joe Parcells comes back. Do they? Right. You know, does, I, I don't if Sean know Payton it. goes to the Saints. Like I want to go here, and the team wants to go. But it's like you're what you're asking is too much. And here's the thing: Would the Saints be saying? Essentially, the Saints would be saying, "Come back and coach us." Right. <laughs> so the Saints right, right. maybe should be number one on this list. They probably should be. be. I didn't even consider them. Right, but they don't have a first round pick. You know, but right. they wouldn't have to pay anything. They just and come back. Really, and, right. It does really feel like Sean Payton was kind of more taking a year off than completely retiring from coaching. Do you agree there? It's it got that feeling absolutely. Yeah. And there was all the Dallas talk. The Dallas, I don't think that's and the Dallas Cowboys are playing too good to fire their coach, or else I they would still be so. number one. Although probably be a lot easier for them to give up a late first than some of these other teams. But that would absolutely be the asking price would be that that for one of those teams at the top of the draft. And and I agree they wouldn't give up their top pick, but it would be whatever their high second round pick is and probably next year's first. And that's a lot to give up. Can two seconds get it done? Possibly. We haven't seen one of these in a while, but you know, two first round picks for a, a star head coach is not too much. And that's been the asking price historically for that type of a coach. I definitely think coaching trades are very weird. I mean, I, I mean, it's a strange situation. Are there teams competing or when it's all said and done, do the Saints have one offer and say, we can either have draft picks or not? You know, I mean, I, right. I, I, they need draft picks. that's the way they get right. those draft picks, too. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's uh, promising for the Saints. I'm sure this was a Saints fan asking, like, what, what, what might we get for Peyton? I mean, that's kind of cool. So if you had to put him in order. I would probably put just because David Tepper, I think, is the type of guy that would want to go big on it. They'd be in a situation where they could say, hey, and you get to pick your quarterback near the top of the draft. And, you know, Um, the division. Yes. Uh, The you know, the Texans could be one. Their their roster is in a worse spot than Carolina. Would they go big? They just had a one and done coach. Do they do one and done again? Just kind of a bad look. I I didn't really understand what the what the move was from them last offseason, because I think it hurt them optically to go get another head coach this year. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'd still put Dallas in there because Jerry Jones is going to compete. And if he thinks he's got an opportunity for a better coach and loves Sean Payton, then. Yeah. I mean, if you get upgrade, you upgrade, you know, let's go win a Super Bowl with Mike McCarthy, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Colts yeah. is a very good one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd probably put those uh, Carolina and Houston are the most attractive or the ones that I would give the most up to add him if I were mm. the, the owner, but I can't give you a top five pick. Thanks everybody for making Peacock and Williamson. Your first listen every day here on the locked on podcast network back tomorrow. Make it picks for week 11 right here. Peacock and Williamson.